There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp. Hello, I'm Sarah Powell. And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because we all wobble. On this week's episode, we have Jamie Windust, also known on Instagram as Leopard Print Elephant. Jamie is a writer, soon-to-be author, magazine editor, model and activist, and also identifies as non-binary, so uses the pronouns they and them. And I would really encourage you right now to go and have a look at their Instagram page and just see the incredible way that Jamie dresses and how they do their makeup and just the way that they show up in every single possible way. Um, I loved speaking to Jamie and there is so much. This chat is so rich and there's so much to learn. So here they are. Just explain how you identify. Yeah, so I identify as non-binary, which is kind of, it's really fun because it's a self-definitive term en masse. It's basically neither male nor female, so that's gender. So the differences with gender and sex is gender is kind of how you feel and how you express yourselves and the way you look, whereas sex is more of a scientific thing, so it's more like your chromosomes and your body. So that's something I always try and get out straight away because I think that's sometimes where people get lost because you, you're not born nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, like physically. So it's like, yeah, okay, that was that. And then gender-wise, it's more kind of like in your head. It's one of those weird ones where I'm like, I'm in the middle, but I'm also nowhere. Yes. I'm just kind of like floating around. Yeah, sure. I've made my own little box in the corner. It's an amazing look. Thank you. And I'm really interested to know how how you came to it. Everybody finds their way with makeup and clothes yeah. and, and things like that. And everybody, you know, has those photos, you know, God knows I've got them of <laughs> crimping and fishnet tights and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So what what brought you, because you've had this look for a while now, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. When I initially started wearing makeup, the kind of intention of it was completely different. It was because I had insecurities about my skin and I used to work in a department store. So I was like, okay, I've got access to all of this free makeup, essentially. Yeah. Not that I was stealing. But <laughs> it's there. Yes. Um, and I had all these problems with my skin. So it is initially kind of to cover up. And then my skin got much better. And I still kind of was happy to wear makeup. And then it took more of a creative kind of outlet for me rather than something to cover. Yes. Because that's the kind of feedback I get quite a lot is people think I'm doing it to cover up or to hide. Whereas I'm actually becoming more me by doing it. It's so weird that anyone would think that you are trying to hide. Mm. If anything, you're going to attract more attention. But it is so bizarre that anybody would think that you want to hide it's actually quite stressful because I get critiqued on it quite a lot so people whenever uh, they meet me and they kind of have all these thoughts about me I get quite a lot of mixed reactions initially for example like when I'm working a lot of 
people think that I'm quite standoffish or I'm quite rude or I'm quite kind of arrogant and it's like purely because of my face. Right. And it's like, A, no, it's just because I've not got any eyebrows so you can't tell what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because what I always say is I don't take myself seriously until I need to. Just in the things that I do, I just don't take anything too seriously and I play around and have a bit of fun. But what makes me laugh is then how people take me so seriously. I think it comes from a place of like, they just don't know what I'm about. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, take your time and just, you know what I mean? Just like be human yeah. about it. Just kind of be nice. And if you want to ask questions, ask questions. If you don't, if you don't, whatever. I always say that the way I, I dress and the way that I present myself is on purpose. It's disruptive and it's, it's purposefully political almost. I'm an underrepresented group. Mainstream society would tell me not to or tell me that I'm being this or that, whatever, too much. By actively doing it every day, it is almost a statement to say, well, I literally don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to keep rocking and rolling. I love that you've mentioned this because you did an amazing post on Instagram about boundaries a couple yeah. of weeks ago and you talked about the idea of being too much oh, yeah. or too extra and how uncomfortable it can really make like it, it can be really triggering for people can't it yeah I think it comes from a place of the people who are told they're too much but then don't care we have had parts of our lives where we've been told too much and we have cared and we've then toned it down yeah and we know what that feels like and we know how that kind of process feels when you're told to not do something so it takes a lot of courage and confidence to get to a point where you can be told that and then continue but I think we should do that more because otherwise we risk not fulfilling and pushing a huge part of ourselves because oh people are going to think I'm being too much. Like if I thought that, I probably wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. And I think it's really applicable to most people, yeah. actually, because it's not just about making a really bold statement with your clothes or your look or, or how you present yourself. Mm. There's a phenomenal book called Playing Big, mm. and it's by Tara Moore. And she, to talk about playing big, she obviously talks about how we can make ourselves small, particularly women, but I think it's true for everyone. Yeah. That you can go into a meeting, for example, at work, and if somebody's told you that you know you're being a bit much or you or you're bringing a few too many ideas yeah. chances are it's because you're making them look bad yeah and i think there's a risk that we can really dial ourselves down yeah, in yeah. that way in how we sort of fill a space or how much we contribute because we're scared yeah that somebody's gonna go whoa 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 don't get too big for your boots there mm. no play it small so actually I think what you're saying about boundaries is really important for everyone. Yeah, I completely resonate with that in the world of work. Like at the moment I'm working with, let's just say big wigs. Okay, nice. <laughs> and what I've started doing, which I learned from Gina Martin, she was like, go into the bathroom before and just look in the mirror and just like shout at yourself at how amazing you are and also like how you deserve to be in that room because it's so easy to, to get there, to be underlooked and then feel like, oh, okay, I'm already on the back foot, so I'm just gonna keep it down. Affirmations are really great for that, to be able to know that you can be there and you're supposed to be there. But I just love it. Yeah. I love that kind of place that I'm at now where I know I should be there. And it's really difficult sometimes with imposter syndrome. Before we sat down to record, Jamie and I had a big chat Ooh. about imposter syndrome. You had a great line about it. Oh, it's the freelancer's disease. It is the freelancer's disease. It absolutely is. Just that feeling of I'm winging it. Oh, yeah. Actually. And I think we're all guilty of it. You know, I've certainly got it at the moment. I've not been doing the wedding celebrant stuff for long. Mm. And now I'm in the stage where I'm like, wow, can I actually do this? Like, I, I, I've really set my stall out. I've taken a lot of bookings, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I'm really excited about, but it doesn't stop that doubt yeah. creeping in. So when do you notice it, your imposter syndrome? I think I've noticed it literally ever since I graduated. So I won an award at Graduate Fashion Week. So that was potentially going to go into a job with ASOS. Okay. So I went there, I was like, this is great. Yes. Big wig job out yeah. of uni. <laughs> and then they basically turned me down for the job, but for like quite 
quite a nice reason. They were like, we think you're very talented, but we think that you're like on the edge of being able to work as you. Right, yes, yes. As a writer, as a model, as an activist. So we're not gonna give you the job. And that kind of was like, okay, I'm not gonna do this just for you to prove you right, but I'm, I'm gonna take that and run with it. Yeah, was that difficult in that moment? If you thought you were- Yeah, because I hadn't planned and I'd not even thought about being freelance at all. So to then be kind of what I felt like was winging it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at the start, I definitely was. Yeah. Um, but then the- As everybody is right at the start. And, yeah. and continuing just to say that. Just yeah. to, there's anyone listening going, oh my gosh, I still feel it. And I started yeah. 10 years ago, fine. Exactly. Yes, yes. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So then I started writing and I got commissions and I got some work and then I kept building that momentum. And it is really hard. And I think it's one of those things that people see me online and they think that I either get handed things or that it's a stable life. But what they don't see is, you know, the constant emails to editors, the constant kind of pitching, the constant brainstorming of, okay, where can I work now? Who should I work with? Blah, blah, blah. Um, big imposter syndrome moments were when I got approached by publishers to write a book, because I was like, this isn't how that industry works. It should be the other way around. Yes, yes. So weird, isn't it, that it would go, oh no, I can't have this because I haven't written to 75 publishing yeah. houses and been turned down. That's how that works. So I can't have this. Exactly. Yeah. They approached me in September. So I'd only been doing it for like four or five months properly. And they were just like, yeah, we, we've got this idea for a book. We want you to, to write a book. When I, I remember what, I signed the contract in February and I was literally like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And now I've, yeah, soon to be author. And I'm like, okay, sure. Fantastic. We'll do that. But yeah. I think the problem with imposter syndrome is it can feel like when you get exciting work, for example, like when you get commissions or big brands or big people come and work with you, it doesn't necessarily always have that same impact of excitement as it used to have. Because you're like, okay, yeah, this is great, but what am I going to do after this? Yeah. And it's that constant kind of pushing of, yeah. your, of your own workload. And I suppose it works in two ways, doesn't it? Because in one hand, it means that you're constantly working and you're like, what's next? What can I do next? How exciting. Yeah. But I suppose there's a risk at the same time that you're going to not properly enjoy mm. what you're doing now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I think that also the power of social media. I always say it's bizarre and it sounds very millennial, but like it get you work. Yeah. And it's not just like not influencer work, but like it's almost like having your portfolio. Yes. It's your shop window, isn't it? Mm. You're able to go, this is who I am, this is what I am about, these yeah. are the things that I really value. Social media, I mean social media has been amazing for your activism and particularly yeah. I mean let's talk about the petition. Thank you very much. So what what stage is the petition at now? So it started in mid-February. So it's a petition to allow people to identify as outside of that binary of male and female on legal documents. So that's like passports, driving license. So it's got six months. So it finishes in August. Now we're at 16,000 which is pretty whopper. Yeah, it's huge. How many, because what, what was the goal? So the first goal was 10. Yep. And at 10,000, you get a response from government. Yeah. So I've got my response. Nice, very nice. <laughs> um, and then the next goal is 100, which would put it up for a potential debate in Parliament. Okay. But I know that, you know, there's a lot of campaigns like Gina Martin, like with her upskirting bill, like her petition didn't get to the 100,000, but still managed to get into Parliament and become law. So it's about, what I'm finding is it's about working with the media and also being like a bit of an investigator myself and kind yeah. of like weaseling my way in and finding MPs who are on board or could be on board or can help me out. So it's a very bizarre, almost like, I do feel like a bit of a detective. Yeah. Because I'm like having to weasel it. Which is an amazing role that yeah. you probably never saw coming. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That you would be approaching MPs and doing that sort of mm. very formally, I imagine, and, and moving in those circles, yes. I suppose. And so how would a form look differently? This is the really interesting thing is a lot of other countries and a lot of states around the world, uh, like in the US, have what they call ex-passports on a passport at the moment in the UK, for example. So it just says sex, MF. What other places do, like Nevada have just done it this week, is that gets changed to gender. And then on gender, you can put male, female or X. So X is kind of whatever you want it to be it's self-definitive but what I find really interesting is that the UK allow those passports to be, if you have one and you're not from the UK you can come in with one but if you're from the UK you can't have one yeah like you said I would never have thought that I'd be doing this and I'm working on hilarious levels of imposter syndrome just like working with people like the BBC and the head honcho I guess yeah absolutely <laughs> but doing it you know yeah. it would have been very easy to set up the petition you know in your front room and go well yeah. there it goes off it goes and and we'll just let that happen but to actually really sort of pick up the cause and run with it is it's huge isn't it yeah it's very bizarre there's a activist who's been doing it alongside so they got um it went to the high court two years ago okay and it got dismissed and then i'm now basically working with that campaign because it's going back to court in december so we're kind of like joining forces so yeah we're now working towards going <laughs> going to court yes oh my what god gonna wear? And that was just that was my first what am I going to wear in court? I was like, God. <laughs> I have to wear something impressive. 
I think it is really important <laughs> to talk about using the correct language. Yeah. There's a small, horrible number of people who want to cause offence to any sort of minority. Mm. And then there's a small group of ignorant people who aren't interested in, in learning or yeah. the sort of the right way of speaking to somebody. But I think there is a huge group, an absolutely massive group, that exist that just don't know. Yeah. And it's almost the fear of causing offence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're so scared about saying perhaps the wrong thing. And then yeah. there's a lot of phrases like non-binary and gender fluid and queer and things like that. Those yeah. sort of words, I suppose they get confused and a bit intimidated. So mm. what, I mean, what is the right thing to do? I think it's about making sure that this is going to sound a bit rude. I don't mean it like this. Like to know that this isn't actually about you. I don't mean it as harsh as it sounds. Like obviously it is about you having that level of education to know. So for example, if people come up to me and they're like, they just start talking to me, but they don't really know how to address me in terms of pronouns. If I'm honest, like most people would initially go with he. In small doses, that's fine. For example, if I'm ordering a coffee, I mean, it's not fine, but it's like, I can, it's bearable. I can bear it. I can rock and roll with it. If I'm in a situation where I'm working with someone or if I know I'm going to be with someone for a, a while of time, I will kind of take the onus and tell people my pronouns. So I use like they, them pronouns. And that's kind of as much as I can do. And if they want to know why, then I'll explain and that's absolutely fine. Because I think that's another thing. People are scared to ask why. It all does depend on context. Like for example, if I'm working with someone or if, if I'm becoming friends with someone or if I'm in a situation where there's mutual respect and I know them, then that's absolutely fine. But what tends to happen is I get a lot of people just <laughs> bizarrely just come up to me in a coffee shop or I have no idea who they are and they'll just start asking me really intense questions. And yeah. I can understand that they just want to know, but I'm also like, I can't spend my whole life or kind of existence here having to tell people how to treat me. Yeah, and explain yourself. Yeah. Because nobody should have to do that. Do you know no, what I yeah. mean? Like, I wouldn't expect to do that. If somebody came up <laughs> and started asking me questions about myself, you know, I'm obviously in a very different position to you, but at the same time, yes. what, what gives them the right to do it? Exactly. Yeah. What I mean by saying it's not all about you is I mean, think of the ways in which your questioning can sometimes make the other person feel um, and instead of instantly going to someone that you know is different or non-binary and asking them maybe take a step back look online find online resources or for example like with me go through my Instagram go through my story highlights and just kind of educate yourself there and then if you have any questions absolutely fine yeah I think that's important to get out is like another kind of thing I get told a lot is that I'm quite intimidating so therefore when people if they have questions they're a bit like oh I can't ask that as long as your intentions are good you're not being malicious and I am comfortable absolutely yeah because at the end of the day I'm gonna give people not that I'm the oracle but I'm gonna give you know something you don't know some information that you're not sure of and all I can hope is that you then take that information on and treat people with more respect that you didn't know you weren't before yeah. yeah because it's not intentional you know it's not malicious it's not um like you say there's only a very small kind of proportion yeah. of people that do that what is the most common thing do you think or what's the most common thing that people get stuck on or confused about i think it is just whether or not i'm a man or a woman right yeah <laughs> which i quite like because it's like i always say to people like that's that's the point yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or my favourite one, because I used to do quite a lot of dance, so I have like a ridiculous posture. I look like a bean pole. Um, it's amazing posture. Like if I stand still, it's it's like painful to stand without a bent hip. 
Right. I don't know if that's just because I'm a massive homosexual. But... I think Alan Carr has this. Yeah. I think Alan Carr has talked about this, that he's got something with his hip yeah, that like, means he stands in a certain way. Just doesn't feel right. And I'll stand there because I stood with, with my face and my shaved head. But then when I move, people literally jump out of their skin. Because they think you're not real. Yeah, they think, wow. I'm, <laughs> think I'm a statue. So, for example, if I'm just in a clothes shop and I'm just stood there looking on my phone really still and then I move and literally I've had people literally like <laughs> scream in my face and I'm like sure why not? that's not you though that's just a shock isn't it that's yeah. just because they assumed this is the thing like the reactions to me are so funny they're, they're a mixture it's, it's so funny but it is actually very difficult it's a combination of people not understanding what I am so therefore treating me in a way where they don't really care about me they just want to know what I am mm. especially men they're just kind of like I want to know um or, they, or just like treatment on the tube or in public can be very invasive because they think I'm there for entertainment or another hilarious example went to Covent Garden the other day and I was just bought some makeup came back and was just sat on a bench having a sani and then people were like crowding around me not loads of people but like a few like chorus were like stood around me just kind of like watching me and I was like oh my god I'm sat near all the performers <laughs> yes. the people that are painted like tin men yeah right and, and they like, thought you were part yeah. of the act did they give you any money and that's what I was like I was there <laughs> like god if I had a hat it would be down <laughs> Like, yeah, gosh. And I suppose that comes back to the idea that it's not all about you. You know, yeah. people are making it about them. Like, I want to know what you are and it's yeah. important to me, but it's not about them. No. People do think, though, I imagine that you're doing it for other people's benefit. Yeah, which I find probably one of the most problematic statements because I always say in response to that, I'm always like, if I did it for the response, I wouldn't do it because the response in public is literally 99% negative. Whereas the response online is 99% positive. I always say that I'm very fortunate actually. On Instagram, I literally, in, in the past like six months, have got no negative attention, mm. which is amazing. You know, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. I've curated an environment where that doesn't happen, which I know is quite rare. For kind of other people's benefits, it also would imply that I'm just like here for your entertainment. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I always say to that, I'm like, if I am, then that's a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not my main kind of goal to make people smile on the tube. Yeah. They look at me, I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean? Yes. I always yeah. get asked where I'm going. Yeah. And I always, I always get so confused when I'm like, oh, home? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just going home. And they're like, oh, dressed like this? Or I get asked, like, what are you dressed as? And I'm always just like, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, wow. What are you dressed as? That's so... And again, that's people trying to categorise, isn't it? Yeah. It's people trying to go, I need a reference point for this. Yeah. Yeah. We always ask everyone, Jamie, who comes on Wobble, <laughs> if you wobble, what makes you wobble? For me, what makes me wobble is... <laughs> <laughs> is the misconception that I'm just very serious and kind of stern and angry all the time because I'm actually quite a hoot. Yes, I, I can do, vouch for that. If I do say so myself. Yes. It's just like, yeah, like I, like I said before, I just don't take myself too seriously unless I need to and I just try and have a bit of fun and I think what makes me wobble is when people then treat me in a certain way because they presume that I'm going to be stuck up or arrogant or, you know, all of these things. When actually, I love changing, I do like it, that is a wobble, but I do love the fact that then I change people's minds and they, they actually will say to me, like, oh, you're quite funny, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? And do you find that that's people wherever you go or is that people sort of in public or people that work with you mm. or...? It's kind of a mixture of people who I work with um, and also people who meet me that 
have known me from social. So they obviously think I'm, they must like me in some form to follow me, but then um, when they meet me, they kind of, they kind of have this vision of you on a pedestal that they kind of like, oh. and it's like, I'm just someone who also decided to sign up to Instagram <laughs> yeah. at the same time as you. Yeah. I'm not Madonna yet. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I like that because then they meet me and they kind of like, oh, okay, you're actually quite funny or in work, they're like, oh, you're actually quite mature. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or chilled out or just, yeah, not too kind of rigid and, and stern. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm. Which I love. I love yeah. proving people wrong. Yeah, marvellous. <laughs> Jamie, what an absolute honour. What Thank an honour and a pleasure to have you on Wobble. Thank you so much. More than welcome. Thank you. You're a star. I loved so much of this chat with Jamie. Um, the stuff about imposter syndrome, which I think we all suffer from, you know, especially when we're doing something new or actually if we're doing something that we haven't done for a while and maybe we're coming back to it. Um, you know, I think that can be really triggering for a bit of imposter syndrome. But I love what they said about having that moment in the mirror and just saying, I do deserve to be here. And we talk about affirmations a lot on Wobble. It comes up time and time again because they work affirmations really do work it's the most amazing way of reprogramming and I know sort of Jules is a massive fan as well because by telling ourselves new things in that sort of affirmation way that's how we create new truths for ourselves do you know what I mean it absolutely can reprogram it and I know if you're new to doing affirmations it's gonna feel weird like I get it it's gonna feel weird and it's gonna feel odd at first you know especially if you do it in the mirror or say it out loud but please stick with it right because I promise you will see the effects of it. They're so, so good. I learned so much from this chat with Jamie and I hope you did listening to it as well. And I think more than anything else, I found that point that it's not about you. So important. Like, it's not about having to have things explained to us and it's just, it's about us educating ourselves and being compassionate and really... It really kind of reminded me, actually, of something that Brené Brown says in her new Netflix special, which, I mean, if you haven't seen it already, I cannot say enough good things. So please, please do go and watch it when you can. Um, she says, to not have the conversation because of discomfort is the definition of privilege. Your comfort is not at the centre, which I thought was the most perfect way to think about what Jamie was saying. Thank you so much to Jamie for being on Wobble and being so utterly divine. And please do like and subscribe to the podcast, to Wobble. Um, and also, now this is exciting, we are doing a Wobble Live right it's going to be happening in london next week okay and we would love to have you so do follow jules and i on instagram as we'll be shouting about it in the next couple of days it would be amazing to have you there and um, thank you so much for listening and we will see you soon for another brilliant guest on wobble Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.